So we got a special episode here. This is Noosh for FM Beats, and I'm joined by Meriam. Hello. Good evening, good morning. <laughs> or good afternoon. Marhabtain. <laughs> so Meriam finally um, is going to be sharing with us a special episode. And Meriam, what's the theme for these selections of songs um, in a general sense? So this, I'm very excited about this uh, selection, and what we're going to listen to in this episode are all um, pieces of music and recordings that um, in some way or another kind of represent the relationship between music and nature or the environment, mm-hmm. um, sound and the environment as well as sound practices. listening to right away starting with is Before the Germans Came by Andrew Bird and the one the the piece following this one will also be uh, by him 
called The Canyon Wants to Hear C-Sharp, and both of these are from the same album, Echolocations Canyon. Um, so Andrew Bird is a folk um, composer and musician and singer, and, uh, and classical, I guess, mm -hmm. classical. And he um, uh, started a series of albums called Echolocations, where he goes to various locations nice. and records music in them. So the one that we're going to listen to, um, the two pieces are from the Canyon uh, album. So he's so he recorded them in Coyote Gulch Canyons of Utah. Ah, nice. And, uh, Utah has really beautiful canyons that are like. Like the album cover, I guess, shows like very swirly, um, tan, sandy-colored um, yeah. structures. And I think that there might be also a bit of a water feature or a stream or a river yeah. that you can hear in some of these tracks. Okay. But after the Canyon album, he produced one where he recorded by a river, and then there are plans for uh, other locations as well. I see. Hopefully in the future. He plays violin. Um, and I think he uses some effects as well. And I think there are other musicians as well collaborating with him. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, see if you can hear the surrounding canyon. <laughs> nice. So how did you discover this one? Um, Andrew Bird is... Actually, he went to my university. In the no States. way! Yeah, but I mean, uh, from a different generation. But I okay. I knew... I got to know his music while I was in university because ah. a lot of my friends were listening to him. Okay. And, um, and I guess it was like also a known thing that he was one of the alum alumni. Cool. This was in school. Chicago, right? Yeah, outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. Western. Okay. Yes, Western. okay. So, he, yeah, he went to the music school there. But, um, um, yeah, came out in 2015, so when I was in my last year of university, and I remember just being absolutely amazed. Like, I fell in love with the album as soon as I, I heard it. And I was yeah, so yeah. happy that I got to hear this, like, as it was released. You know, it felt so... Um, Relevant, I think, to me at that time. I was spending a lot of time outdoors as well. Yes. And uh, it made a lot of sense. I was making music with my friends and my band outside uh -huh. in forests and things. So 
Yeah, it's very meaningful. So it's been in your library somehow for yeah. for a little while now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. parts are composed but like a lot happens naturally and uh, I can just imagine like 
as a musician as well, like when you're in such a place, things come out, you know, you're interacting with the environment. So what you're listening to is also a creative conversation between the musicians and yes. the space. Yes. That's a good point. The environment influences what, what comes out there musically.
This one definitely feels like we're we're somewhere in nature. <laughs> this guy's he wants to put us somewhere. Yeah. This oh. is uh, this is just a field recording uh, by Chris Watson. Fantastic. It's um, so it was played on the main stage at Glastonbury in 2019, right before Sir David Attenborough's address. Um, or he describes the journey from the Ar Antarctic to the Arctic. Wow. So, yeah. So I, That's pretty dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I believe this is a just a just a field recording and Chris Watson is um is a really well-known sound recordist who um a lot of his work is done with the BBC like uh, doing the recordings for um you know, all the nature documentaries with, yes. with David Attenborough. But I see. He also is uh, famous, famously a member of uh, Cabaret Voltaire, which was a kind of a experimental uh, rock, art rock band from the UK. Um, but he's also got, he's also got his own uh, art practice. In a way, for him, field recordings is a form of activism as well as the next artist that we're going to hear, Jana Winderin. Mm. Um, he, uh, he collaborates with, with a lot of artists to put up installations and also has his own podcast series called Oceans of Noise. And the idea of field recordings as activism is in a way um, uh, to expose, by, by making such field recordings in, in very specific locations, you're exposing um, a lot of natural phenomena that maybe you're, we as humans are not privy to. Exactly. And um, and the needs of the environment and, and the animals under the water and on land. But yeah, it brings you closer to, to nature than you otherwise would expect, right? You know, it's one thing seeing a picture of an animal, but you... Mm -hmm. if you Hearing it really puts you in that environment in a way that probably is you just can't achieve with just a, a picture on its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something about sound that is um, is so immediate.
And now we're listening to Yana uh, Winderen. Yes, she's also a, uh, I guess, like accomplished field recordist, sound recordist, and artist uh, from Norway. I think similarly to Chris Watson, actually they collaborate a lot. Oh, um, uh, really? Yeah. So she also does this kind of activism. Oh yeah, very okay. much. And uh, she she regularly has uh, installations in like museums and art spaces. Um, and actually, if you if you get to hear interviews on the Oceans of Noise podcast, uh, both of them feel very strongly about how the art context is um, a very important and useful one for these uh, for presenting these recordings mm-hmm. um, because it's a space where you engage in a more um, active way active way exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. with the yeah there's like you're in a space there's a speaker you yeah. sit and you're there to listen exactly and, um, maybe also read or understand the message yeah even if it's just a moment but you're fully there mm-hmm. you're engaging your senses more than if you're just reading an article or mm-hmm. you're casually kind of turning up the speaker to listen to something while you're driving or something it's very different yeah yeah, yeah. or hearing it like on a you know like a documentary or something or mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's there's something about it like sound as a medium just without um, other mediums attached to it you know like visuals yeah. or video you know So this one is Spring Bloom in the Marginal Ice Zone. <laughs> Just a purely, I guess, descriptive title of where the recording comes from. Yeah, it's really awesome also to, um, if you're able to maybe investigate a bit of her work and Chris mm-hmm. as well, the, they're really into their gear. <laughs> What's hydrophones? Hydrophones are uh, underwater microphones. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah as written on the Bandcamp page, the listener experiences the bloom of plankton, the shifting and crackling sea ice in the barren sea around Spitsbergen, towards the North Pole, and the underwater sounds made by bearded seals, migrating species such as humpbacks and orcas, 
and the sound of hunting seeth and spawning cod. And she's kind of trying to shed light on climate change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's an ecologically vulnerable zone. Mm-hmm. The sounds of living creatures become a voice in the current political debate concerning the official definition of the location of the ice edge. I see, because the ice edge must be receding. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so the creatures and their um, habitat and activities are, in a sense, living proof of um, where that zone begins or is supposed to begin, creatures that live in that specific habitat. Yeah, she's taking you to that point where, you know, because a lot of us, yeah, we talk about melting ice, ice mm-hmm. glaciers, but... We don't know that landscape. Mm-hmm. We just think this is some faraway place where ice is melting. That's it. Mm. That's, that's amazing. That's definitely a form of activism right there. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm glad you shared this because cool, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling a little closer to <laughs> the North Pole now. <laughs> Cold in here. Chilly. <laughs> some, something to warm me up here. Cheers. <laughs> so nice mm-hmm. so fun yeah it's called squirrels I love it precisely has that fun uh, yeah feels very much like yeah he's squirrel going up and down the tree or scurrying around yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah so this is squirrels by Aaron Parks from his um, debut solo album Arborescence and Aaron Parks is a really awesome accomplished jazz pianist who's worked with the likes of Dafir Youssef and Joshua Redman who are just like incredible musicians today mm-hmm. and yeah a lot of his work with all these collaborators just, just more straight jazz but this album kind of came as a surprise and as a bit of a um, offshoot 
Mm-hmm. In a way, it's a lot more intimate and personal. It's just solo piano. It's just him in a studio, and a lot of the pieces I think came out as improvisations. Um, so it's called arborescence in a way. I think it it's uh, signaling this like motion of how trees and plants grow. So mm-hmm. one idea leading to another and another, and these nice. sort of tangents. Yes. Um, and yeah, this one happens to be called Squirrel, so it also takes you to a natural environment. Yeah. Like you said, squirrels scurrying about. Um, so yeah, like living things, this album itself kind of grew organically. style um, reflects I think natural process nice you know improvisation is in a way an arborescence yeah exactly you're doing something and then it kind of takes you somewhere and takes you somewhere and then it just starts yeah pouring out of you yes yes uh, does feel very natural yeah when you improvise something it's it's more instinctive yeah nice whether uh, the album was inspired by nature or not I think that the the process of it was um, a reflection of nature. Natural process, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Kimi Sanen and his trio, also a pianist from Finland. And this piece is um, is a version, or I guess it's their interpretation of Cantus Arcticus, which was a Western classical composition from the 70s by a Finnish composer whose name is going to be very difficult for me to not butcher. But <laughs> Eino Juhani Rautavara. There you go. And Cantus so Arcticus subtitled Concerto for Birds and Orchestra incorporates tape recordings of bird song uh, recorded near the Arctic Circle. So we're coming back to the, oh, wow. that zone. So Akiri Sanan's trio are playing their interpretation of that piece. Actually, so, one, of, one of the movements of I that see. piece. From birds, recording, to classical composition, to jazz interpretation. Yeah. <laughs>
So in a way, the original one was doing something similar to what uh, our previous artist was doing, trying to kind of take uh, a musical interpretation of nature, because they were the way they were describing that. They're trying to emulate the sound of swans migrating by creating this long crescendo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of romantic, this uh, approach. Um, sort of like, oh, I'm inspired by nature, so yeah. I'm going to do something. Yeah, 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 to yeah. To kind of capture it or, you know, there's something a bit nostalgic or romantic about it. Versus yeah. the, um, sort of the scientists, you know. Yeah, the, I know what you mean. The recorder sort of like kind of exposing natural processes and then in the first one you've got Andrew Bird just you know having fun in, <laughs> in the canyons yeah this one's more like it's like a calling to kind of, like yeah you're right it's more romantic you're right it's yeah. a artistic kind of interpretation yeah. yeah it's like yeah response yeah like I wanna this is how I feel when I hear this kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah versus like here this is what this the, is the Arctic thing. Circle sounds like. It's the thing. Yeah. It speaks for itself. You know? I was there in the cold fucking recording those guys. Yeah. yeah. And in that sense, the author, like the sense of authorship changes. In this case, you know, the author is very much at the front. And this is their their voice, whether they're giving a lot of credit or not to the to the inspiration, like the muse. Which yeah, is yeah. Nature. yeah. They're still very much the voice, you know. It's like a, like a documentary versus like a movie biopic, you know, totally. for example, like, totally. you know, yeah, yeah. Totally. So like the documentary is very much <laughs> true to the whatever the story is, or they're trying to really bring it out through mm -hmm. fact, while a movie maybe is more artistic kind of interpretation of it, it could be. <laughs> yeah. And no other way to end an episode um, music and nature then with the bird himself Charlie Parker <laughs> <laughs> with ornithology
anyway, thanks for for sharing these beautiful pieces. It was something that was new for me also. Like probably a lot of listeners are going to find this to be somehow kind of a opening new doors. Yeah, that's, to, you know, that's the idea. Just to music, field recordings, you know. Active listening. Active listening, it's yeah. About. And uh, did want to mention that all these artists, like, a relationship to nature is reflected in a different way in each one. And they somehow try to kind of, whether it's emulate nature or inform about nature mm-hmm. or connect with nature, uh-huh. it's through music yeah. and sound. Right. I guess maybe also for all composers and producers and people like you and me like, who are making music, if, if there is something that inspires you, you can engage with it in so many different ways. Yes. You know? You, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. you, you don't need to maybe... Um, Uh, capture it and and use it necessarily maybe or you don't have to always write about it or refer to it in certain ways or you know you you can you can find your way to kind of interact with that source of inspiration mm-hmm. so yeah nice ways. inspiring words by Meriam <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of FM Beats See you next time, folks. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks for listening.